This is the Beyond the Profi podcast, the podcast that empowers you and inspires you to seek career excellence while pursuing your passion. And I'm your host, Jasmine Haley. Welcome to the Beyond the Profi podcast. The guest that I have today is Ryan Rutar. I'm very happy that he had the time in his very busy schedule to join me today and actually talk about his journey and I know for sure, listeners, that you're going to be inspired by what he has to share today. So thank you, Ryan, for being on the call. Well, thank you. You're so sweet. It's so nice to have that credit. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you deserve it. You know, I did have to go through a little bit of clearance because he is the current president of Nebraska Dental Hygiene Association. Um, But he is now here, free and clear. (laughs) And I'm so happy to have him. But all jokes aside, Ryan and I met. Is that? Oh, wow. I think. No, no. Weren't you at the uh, the governance of tomorrow? Yes. That was when I first (laughs) met you. Really? I feel like we met before that, like at at one of the many delegates at like nationals. Okay, you're right. You're right. When Tammy Filipek. Um, Filipiak, um, either it was president-elect or vice president or something like that. Yes. Yeah, because I've been going to those for years. So that's why I feel like I meet most of my people through there and then I catch up through other stuff. Yes, you are correct. I think that's how we first met um, that way. Anyway, anywho. Yes, um, back to you. (laughs) (laughs) That that was great. Um, Definitely you are a force to be reckoned with. And I I love the energy that you have for this profession, Um, what you currently are doing, being involved with organized dental hygiene. But the role that you currently have is one that I feel will help so many hygienists who don't feel like they have career satisfaction. And one thing I want to highlight before you tell us currently what you're doing is thinking beyond the profi is more than just finding careers outside of the operatory. I want listeners to understand that thinking beyond the profi is thinking outside of the box. Right. And really focusing on what our profession is founded on, which is to serve the public. Correct. And so I love what you're doing. Tell us your current role um, now. Well, it's actually multifactorial at the moment. And that's totally Um, fine. We love that. Look (laughs) at all the things I do. (laughs) I I mean, you're amazing. I'm only trying to aspire, you know, to... (laughs) (laughs) your example. Um, No, what I, so I'm a full-time clinical hygienist, but um, just recently within the last three years, um, I finished a master's in business management or a master's of arts in management in MAM. And um, I always had this thought of possibly doing more um, than just clinical hygiene, but I didn't necessarily know where that was going to take me. When I was in hygiene school, I was like, oh, I could be a professor. That would be fun. And then I was like, but I need to gain some experience. So I started working in clinical hygiene. Then I was, it, it moved on to when I started to get my, um, the master's aspect and be like, you know, I need to know a little bit more of the business side. Cause I feel like, or at least with my education, I didn't really know a whole lot about how a dental office is run. I knew my mm-hmm. role 
But at the same time, I didn't feel like we took an active role within our dental office as far as the business side goes. We kind of just left that all up to them. And I realized that there were holes in the system, I guess, is the best way I could describe that. Mm -hmm. And it's not in a bad way, but like when you have an office manager, that person either has some sort of business degree and they've never been on the clinical side or for some reason, and I don't know why, but they're dental assistants that then uh, move up to being office managers. And again, great kudos. I don't have any problem with that. I think it's awesome because I get along splendidly with my office manager. Mm -hmm. But as far as knowing how to run hygiene, <laughs> part of me wants to say they have no clue. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the reality. I mean, when you leave out of school, how much time do you really have to even talk about that? They may be, may, may do one lesson in your last semester. Yeah. And they're like, and good luck to you. All right. Hit the ground running. <laughs> Absolutely. So anyway, um, I had a dentist or my boss um, is someone who is very open and can um, be talked to. But at the same time, I hit him with numbers of how I could make changes within the hygiene department. And um, by doing so, he kind of saw that um, I besides having the education, but a little bit of the drive to maybe change and make things better for hygienists within our department. Mm -hmm. Cause we have a little background. We have four hygienists. Um, three of them work full time and the other one is almost full time. I would say three fourths. And, um, the thing was, is that we weren't all on the same page. Um, to me, I feel like things were falling through the cracks, but yet at the same time, the dentist is too busy focusing on his dental stuff and mm -hmm. dental codes and insurance and running the business. And the office manager doesn't really know hygiene. So there's very much a place for hygienists to step up into this role of leadership within our own um, facility, basically. And so I... Um, proposition to him that for me to be the dental hygiene manager. And so that's kind of like a part-time role where, um, when, cause I work part-time on Wednesday and then I don't work at all on Friday, but if there's extra work that needs to be done, um, and there is as far as like keeping track of production, keeping up with codes, mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. Um, I do that maybe Friday mornings and then Wednesday afternoons. And so I actually do a, a two, um, two type role of being a clinical hygienist, but then also being um, dental hygiene manager. And I feel like this is a role that hygienists could actually start stepping into. They just don't know that they can because they don't think that they should when actually dentists would appreciate um, the help. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, so many of us have skills that we don't tap into or we're afraid to ask for the opportunity to leverage those skills in clinical Absolutely. practice. How did you get to the point where you felt comfortable enough? Not only, so one thing I do want to point out is that your dentist also created an environment for that, right. because if he had not, if it was more of an authoritative management style, you probably would have never thought to, or even would have even attempted that with him. So kudos to the doctor 
Right. Yes. Because he's creating a great environment for his employees to reach out. Right. So what would you say was like a determinant factor for you to really just step forth and and do that? Well, you know, what about for the listeners that are, are f- afraid of reaching out in that way clinically? Yeah, absolutely. That's th- such a good question. Look at you. It's like you own your own podcast or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the thing was, is that when I was in hygiene school, besides doing the whole professor thing, for some reason, I just didn't want to land in just clinical hygiene. I don't know why. Um, but I always wanted to be in, in hygiene. So just so hygienists get that down, that I'm not going anywhere. Hygiene is my thing. Mm-hmm. But um, I was like, oh, it'd be really cool to own your own hygiene practice. And so I kind of had that confidence of, I feel like if there's hygiene practices out there in California and Colorado, that you know we have the ability to do this. And Basically, how it started was I started looking into our hygiene schedule and realized that I was finishing um, early on most of my patients. Now, it didn't mean that um, I was doing a bad job. Mm -hmm. It just meant that I'd got proficient in what I was doing. And um, and just so you know, I'm like one of the requested hygienists at my office. So I don't do like, I, I'm not like quick running through. The- <laughs> they get good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, He's legit. All right, listeners. He's I'm legit. Not, I'm just like, I'm not just a, you know, profi mail in and out and away you go. Cause we take pictures, we talk, you know, we go over things. Um, mm-hmm. but the thing is, is that I try to keep it, um, Lighthearted, and I'm sidetracking. Sorry, I'm it's okay. Rabbit, I'm chasing bunnies here. <laughs> um, but what made me decide to go forward is that I felt like there was a time schedule of okay, I feel like I could maybe shorten my time, and if I decided to shorten my time, then I wanted to be paid differently, and I decided to ask to be paid by production. So wow. that's kind of how it got the ball running. Yeah. And then I realized that if I'm getting paid for for production, that I could possibly do a little bit more. And a lot of people are usually scared of production or they feel like, oh, well, now you're just trying to sell stuff. Mm -hmm. But the way that I looked at it was if this was my family member, I would easily have this conversation with, hey, you need sealants or hey, fluoride varnish would be a good idea. I know it's going to be out of pocket, but I think it's what's best for you. Mm-hmm. And if being paid for by production gives you just that itty bitty little bit of motivation just to be like, well, you know, it allows you to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it also then develops you and encourages you as a person to be like, you know, I I can be a little bit more courageous. I can kind of have those conversations with people and they do say yes. You know, they Mm -hmm. do accept what I have to say and you feel a little bit more, I don't know if the word's important, Mm -hmm. but, you know, instead of just doing the profi cleaning, you know, you accept the fact, oh, you got some pockets, but, you know, we'll deal with it. Mm -hmm. But it's like you finally start to bring the patient in and then they, you know, can have that conversation with you on prevention it, you start to feel better about yeah, yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, when hygienists are able to understand how a dental office works, the business side of it, they're right. more invested. 
Absolutely. Because here's the thing, you know, the sad reality is we understand that, you know, this is we're talking about health. We want someone to have overall health. We get that. Everyone gets that. But in order to continue to provide services in a private practice, you've you've got to make funds have to keep coming in. And, you know, I don't think it's a totally bad thing for you not to be aware of you know, what your production is. It certainly shouldn't be, your treatment plan certainly shouldn't be production oriented, but, you know, those models there, I mean, you can't ignore it. Otherwise you won't have a job. Well, and the thing is, is that, you know, how you're saying it shouldn't be production oriented. That's absolutely right. It should be prevention oriented. So you enhance your prevention, but then at the same time, then it just turns out that your production increases because of the fact that you're enhancing your prevention. Right. Absolutely. Your skills, your, your prevention skills. Exactly. (laughs) So like even before you even asked about doing the management role, you were already asking and really leveraging your understanding of working professionally with the patients, but also how the business ran just clinically before you even asked for that role. So I think, I think from just taking a look at your example, um, I, the hygienist needs to just get more empowered and understand how the structure of a dental office works, whether that be by taking um, classes or uh, getting involved with a consulting agency such as your own, which we'll talk about in just a second, and being coached by hygienists that will help you to appreciate what, you know, those things that we're just not really taught in dental hygiene school at all. Right. What we have to offer. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, and I was going to say, back to your original question. Um, when you're, you know, trying to strive to be better in hygiene or trying to care a little bit more, even if you're trying to get paid more, the thing that you have to think about is from their perspective, they're running a business. Now, granted, yes, they're trying to be the best um, care providers that they can be, but at the same time, they're still trying to support. Um, you, they're trying to support the front desk, you know, their assistants, you know, they have to maintain that full responsibility. And so when you go to make requests or you try to have that conversation with them, if they are intimidating, um, the thing that I found is that if you have numbers to help back you up, to be like, Hey, this is what I offer. This is what I could improve the business aspect of things. You know, I can help make things a little easier if you would allow me to do this. Um, you know, cause when I started learning the insurance codes for hygiene, um, that also then showed him that he doesn't necessarily have to monitor hygiene. You know, we are actually running ourselves and there's times where he's asking us questions about, well, what are you doing for this? Or how do you run this? And then I can easily explain it to him. And he's just like, you know what? I'm so glad you're doing this. Cause he's like, I just don't have the time to go through all the codes and figure out what it is that we aren't doing or what we aren't using. And so each hygienist, I feel, has that ability to take that on themselves and actually help the dentist out. And I think, you know, even if they are that managerial type, they will definitely appreciate any type of effort that you put towards that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I want to go delve into something that I'm just really curious about. Oh, do. <laughs> and I know that you're really going to you're going to you're going to um, keep it real. So. <laughs> You're a guy, Janice, obviously. What? 
<laughs> and your information. <laughs> Who told? <laughs> what are some of the struggles that you deal with as a gynecologist? Because I'm like, I want to know. I want to know what is it like as a gynecologist? We have that much time. <laughs> Or are you not supposed to tell me, like, is this, like, to a secret that is kept oh, between no, no. Mr. RDH? <laughs> um, okay. Well, to me, it's there's a, a balance um, I've discovered um, of how you you can't be <laughs> – you have to be somewhat humble, I think, um, because – some hygienists can view you as um, trying to take over, you know, their comfort zone, which change is always hard. So when you have mm-hmm. men coming into a profession that is so female um, dominated, sometimes that can be uncomfortable for them. So you have to be open to their opinions and listen to what they have to say. But then at the same time, you can't be afraid to step out and do your thing and, um, you know, go for your passions, um, despite, you know, naysayers or stuff like that. But as far as like patients go, I love the question of, so when are you going on to be a dentist? And (laughs) I'm just like, all right, you don't ask my other hygienists that work there this. So it's like, why do we assume that, you know, me being a hygienist isn't enough? Because we've all been through school and we know that being a hygienist is enough. Mm-hmm. And I I had that, I, I dove a little deeper, you know, deep thinking process. And part of me was like, you know, I think it's along that line that, well, since I live in Nebraska, um, that they're so used to female, the quote unquote females taking the secondary role and Mm -hmm. men taking the first role. And so for a man to take the secondary role, they view that there must be something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, well, you're not, you know, maybe you're not intelligent enough or maybe you don't possess the ability. And so that's why you're not going on to dental school. And it never occurs to them that God forbid that, you know what, this may be just enough for me and it's a great career and you actually have to be smart to do this. And there is some skill level to it. Absolutely. Um, So it's like that part that I get all the time where I'm just like, you don't realize how hard this job is until you've actually been in it. So yeah, stop yeah. me that question. <laughs> <laughs> Huge misconception, which is, which is, totally. um, totally, you know, we all deal with that. We've all dealt with that to some degree. And I love the fact that you bring out, um, the advice that you initially gave. I mean, immediately I thought of, you know, that would be good marriage advice too for people just be nice let them talk um <laughs> oh right well, yeah, you have to be an active listener right you know, you say that, you know listening is one of the harder things to do and that's no lie because there's multiple times where you just want to interject and be like no i want to tell my story you need to listen to me yeah but, well i mean it's just inter- it's just communication skills that's it and i felt <laughs> yeah, at communication one on one. I'm serious. You know, when it you is. think when you think about so many hygienists that are satis- dissatisfied with their career, and I think about the 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 offices that you know I had some difficulties with. It was all because of communication. If there right. was a, a way to have communication and it be truly open and transparent between all staff members, it could have alleviated 
any of those issues that people were feeling were present automatically. Right. Well, and then there's also the aspect that um, some hygienists, you know, if they aren't happy with what they're in, um, maybe are just confused as to where their um, goals lie. And so sometimes developing even like core values, which are words that you can look upon and say, yes, these words represent who I am. And if you tell yourself those every day, then it allows you to then stay more in the road or the path that you're wanting to go on. But a lot of the times, if we don't do any self-reflecting and look into ourselves, we don't know then where the path lies and just try to meander through things rather than having some type of idea or plan. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. You know, just thinking about your journey, and I, I love hearing it. Now you're embarking um, as a consultant. So just tell me what led you to this journey now where you're now taking the information that you've learned and, and helping others, really, even more so on a larger scale. Right. Well, the funny part was is that when I had to do my master's, you know, you had to come up with your own little business plan. And so I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm going to do pearly white prevention, you know, enhancing prevention while increasing production. And this is going to be like my little hygiene, um, office in, in Nebraska, you're not allowed to own your own dental office or hygiene office. So, but I was like, you know what, let's dream. Why not? And then slowly as this manager, um, ask position that I semi created myself opened up, then I started to realize that my pearly white prevention doesn't necessarily have to be a hygiene um, office business, but technically could be pearly white prevention, dental and hygiene consulting. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how you may have an idea, but it may not be completely finished. And so you have to continue to keep polishing the pearl, you know, until it's shiny yeah. <laughs> to where then you're, that you're getting those little gold nuggets of like, Oh, maybe this is the path that I was supposed to go on. Mm -hmm. And with my consulting, I'm basically trying to help one, the dentist increase his production. But at the same time, I want to help the hygienist um, take an active role in what they're doing because um, we know about – other consultants that are like, okay, this is how you can increase your production, you know, doing fluoride varnish, doing sealants, you know, increasing your period codes, which granted I will work through that too. But what I want to focus on also, and I feel like is a big key to my pearly white prevention um, consultant firm is um, developing basically management in hygiene. Mm -hmm. Cause I feel that, um, there is a key component within dental offices that's missing. And to me, that's having a dental hygiene manager. You know, it would make so many issues that happen between a non-dental person managing and mm -hmm. having someone that actually was in that clinician role handling yeah. that. And it just makes sense. Well, and being from the hygiene, you know, peeps, I know that um, I will listen to a hygienist more than I will someone who is not. Mm -hmm, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you don't understand me. You don't know me. Don't even try to tell me how I need to do stuff. Absolutely. But it's, 
if you're in the trenches with them to be like, no, 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 I've been where you're at. You know, I know what's going on. And I'm like, you do have the capabilities to do this. And this is how you can go about doing it and even, you know, grow and develop and, you know, even work alongside the dentist and the office manager. So to me, I'm creating a tripartite like ADHA. <laughs> And having like the boss, the office manager and hygiene manager and having that set up rather than just an office manager and a dentist. Yes, absolutely. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. (laughs) I'm very excited for you. Thank you. Um, And I love what you're doing. I really love what you're doing. So um, listeners, you know, another talent that I just want to make mention of just fairly briefly is that Ryan has the most beautiful voice. Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought of that. Um, Absolutely beautiful. Just beautiful. You're talking about the national anthem, aren't you? Yes. I said, (laughs) what? Clutch my pearls. This can't be right. That's right. Remember, curly white prevention. (laughs) Oh, that I love that. That could be a tagline. I'll sing to you. You can clutch your pearls and remember me. (laughs) Man, it's crazy that you say that because I had a patient um, who was, we have another male hygienist in our office. And um, one of my patients was going to see him because my schedule was full for that time period or whatnot. And as she was walking by, um, she saw me and she's like, wait, wait. She's like, so who's going to sing the commercials to me? <laughs> I'm like, I don't do. Yes, I do. <laughs> you know, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. <laughs> I mean, that would definitely keep the patients coming. I tell you right? that much. I mean, that's all it takes. You know, all you have to do is hygienists out there. All you have to do is sing to your patients and they will come. Absolutely. <laughs> and they will come. <laughs> you know, I love the p- fact that you point out developing your core values. It just seems like that's been standing out for me for the last um, month or two from listening to other entrepreneurs and just listening to people who are, um, just happy in their career or at least striving for that as much as possible. Because again, what I want to point out for the listeners is that we're talking about career satisfaction, but we're not talking about career perfection. Um, There are going to be times where you're just going to be over it. And I certainly feel that um, here and there, Um, but you keep pushing through, of course, especially if you love it. But I love the fact that you talked about core values. I mean, core values are everything. That's And it's really knowing who you are, knowing what's important to you. And that means that in everything that you do, every action that you take, you consider that. And the people that you bring into your life, you consider that. And um, it just makes a world of a difference because you're more sure of who you are um, and just clear of, of the direction that you're going to be going. Well, absolutely. And especially... I feel like those come in handy on difficult days when you just got done dealing with a patient, you know, and in your head, you can almost be like, okay, you know, my core values are to be creative, they're to be humorous and to be understanding. It's like, was I understanding in this point? You know, it's like, maybe not. And that's why I'm getting upset, you know? And so it kind of brings you back into who you are as a person and allows you to, um, not be affected by, 
you know, negativity or things that may bring you down and kind of brings you back into your center. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking all like auras and chakras, you know, your center. Yes. So. <laughs> but well, and then also with your core values, then you can create your mission statement. Um, because if you know what your core values are, which usually consist of about five words or whatnot, then you can create a mission statement, which is almost like a mantra or something that you say to yourself, um, and how, you know, you deal with life and so forth. So, yes, yes. I love that. I absolutely love that. So I have two more questions for you. What is that? (laughs) Well, what was the last book that you read? Oh, um, Actually, I'm still kind of, does it, does it count if I'm still reading it? Yes, it does count. You can use that. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Um, Right now I'm reading um, high performance habits. (gasps) (laughs) Who put you on to Brendan? Was that Karen? Uh, No, actually it was, (laughs) believe it or not, it was a patient, you know, if you, that's another thing. Okay. This is side note, but Um, if you are authentic and that means like, if you're being who you really want to be and not like, Oh, well I have my office personality and then I have my home personality. Authentic is not having a certain personality for any type of situation that just is your personality. If you are authentic with your patients, they end up actually helping you to grow. And so when I was discussing like what I'm doing and this is what's going on and stuff, one of my patients is like, you should read Hide Performing Habits. They're like, that's really, you know, he's like, I feel like that would be something that would be good for you. And he's like, and it would help develop. And so that's how that book came about. (laughs) Don't you love it? I do. Oh, I, you know, Brendan was the person that got me started. And after reading his book, Motivation Manifesto, four months later, I started my business. That's awesome. Um, It was, it was remarkable. And so when you say, when you said high performance habits, well, I've been drilling that into Karen's head, like about Brendan. And so I wonder if you, (laughs) Karen, Karen, by the way, is a mutual friend. Karen is also the co-host, the new co-host of the Mom Genesis podcast. And I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to be in season. That girl does not talk to me, apparently. She's going to be in a season three with us. It's going to be on and popping, like I normally say. I can see her doing that. That's awesome. It's going to be so much fun. All right. My last question to you is, what was the best career advice you've ever received? I think that the first thing that pops into my head is when you make plans, God laughs. Mm. <laughs> and the reason why that sticks with me is because it's just a reminder that even if you fail or you don't succeed, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going down the path that, you know, you're designed for or that there isn't other avenues, you know, that could be coming. And so it's not saying that you shouldn't make plans, but it's a different way of looking at it. And so to me, I just kind of laugh to myself, you know, when, you know, something doesn't work that I'm just like, okay, well then maybe that's not supposed to be the way it goes. And, you know, we keep trucking forward, but you can't let those, um, small little things get you down. Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you, Ryan, for coming on to the show, um, making me laugh. You're actually my final interview for today. And I, I got some good belly laughs out of it. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> 
looking to work out in the meantime. I know, because, so. ooh, this honey child needs one. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> when, now you can go get your wine, girl. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a struggle with uh, with that, with being in grad school, but it's almost over, and I will get my life back. And my hair will grow back, too. I've cut everything yeah. off. <laughs> what are you studying? Oh, I'm getting a master's in dental hygiene with a concentration in public health and education. They do like a um, a dual concentration at Foam School of Dental Hygiene. So Very I'm nice. Thank you. I'm graduating in May and I cannot how wait. Exciting. I know it's finally here. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Yes, but, but I know how that can be stressful at the end of the time when you have to do that. So because there's oh. always so much that they ask of you and paper. Like yes. Yes. Page paper to write and all that fun jazz. So, yeah, it is. is It's definitely intense. And my second <laughs> to last class, I have two more weeks. I have to do like a seven page paper, I think, or something like that. And yeah, I got to get to that. That's why I'm bulk recording today. And so happy that you're here. So let me let the listeners know um, how to contact you and find out more information about what you're doing. My email is Ryan, obviously my first name, Ryan at pearlywhitepreventions.com. And then um, you can also look up my website at www.pearlywhitepreventions.com. All right. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much again, Ryan, for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. 